I think some of the people in the comments were worried about that when I yeah. first said that because they were from Vegas and they're like, you don't get it because you're just thinking about it from a tourist perspective and you're looking at it with rose colored glasses. Um, and so I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Like, what would it be like if I lived there day to day? And we actually spent a week living at our friend's house, yeah. like to see what the daily life was like. I also think that people maybe don't necessarily know us insofar as they don't know that Nikki and I are the ultimate tourists. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hello, buddy. What's up? It's Iceman. It's the Iceman, Steve Green, and the Ice Woman, Nikki Limo. The Icebreaker, Breaker Breaker 123, the Queen of Cats, the first of her name. I heard one of those nicknames, but that's about it. Which one? The first of her name? No, Nikki Limo, because it's technically a nickname. Queen of Cats? It's not oh. your full name. It is not my full name anymore. But anyway, hello, welcome back. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I had prepared this topic based on something a friend said, and it was going to be the show that was going out before Anthony Lee. But I'm actually really happy that it's going out second because Anthony Lee brought up pretty much all of these points. And I just wanted to go over them a little bit more in depth because, I mean, I already prepared this topic, so we're doing it. Love it. Yeah, and I just thought we could conversate about it a little bit. Okay. Um, so the comment that my friend made, and shout out to Ray, what, what? He's out in Vegas, and um, he we're on a WhatsApp thread, and he randomly was like, hey, you know what? Um, you and Steve are really good at pulling the trigger on things. Like, a lot of people talk about doing things, but you guys actually, like, will pull the trigger. And I was like, huh, yeah, I guess that's true. And he's like, yeah, not many people would just uproot their lives and move to a different state and rebuild from scratch, <laughs> um, be even if they knew that it would be better for them in the long run. Like, you know, it's definitely the right move. He was like, it's definitely the right move for you guys, but like, it's just a big thing to do. And I started thinking about that because in my mind, it didn't feel like a big thing Hell to no, do. no, it didn't. But that's not the first person that said that. In fact, so a lot of our family members had a similar reaction when we said we were moving to Vegas. True. Some of our friends did. A lot. Some people in the comments did. Um, and I thought that was uh, that was kind of surprising. And I, I, but I guess because I knew what happened behind the scenes, like everything that went into that decision. So maybe as an outsider, it did appear like, holy shit, you guys are uprooting your entire lives that you yeah, built like for the past happened? decade and a half, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and going to somewhere completely different. And um, I also would go on to say this is not the first time or incident or, or trigger pulling that people have had that reaction to. You know, both you and I um, dropped out of college to move to L.A. Yeah. to pursue our dreams. Yeah. And uh, that also seems like a very big risky move. But when there was a lot of thought put into it, it didn't really seem like a risky move at the time that I did it. Um, so I wanted to delve into that because... One, I don't know, I wanted to know what separates people who aren't willing to pull the trigger, which seems to be possibly the majority of people. And two, is it really a big risk? Is it a logical decision or is it an emotional decision? That's really the thing for me is risk management. Mm -hmm. I, I actually am, you might not believe this about me because everyone knows me as the crypto king and all that stuff, but... I am incredibly risk adverse. Same. Um, when it comes to 
actual risk, right? So like, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about like, okay, you're leaving college to pursue a dream. That to me was not a risk because I knew what I wanted to do and I trusted myself to follow through on that. And, you know, the idea of like, okay, I'm going to go, you know, I, I'm, I was doing city college at the time and I was like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. I, me and school never got along very well. I had fun in school more right. than I like learned in school. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, leaving that and going like, okay, I know people like, like in the comedy world because I come up on the improv world while I was in high school still. Mm-hmm. And then like I transferred that from that doing professional improv, right? So I built the skill set doing that like fucking every night, right? For like years. And I, I trusted myself. I'm like, you know what? If you put me in the room with anybody, you get me on the camera with anybody, I can at least give them something, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I can give them something and help t- help make the person in the scene with me look good because that's to me what a good improviser does. I can make the, the person opposite me look good because that's the only reason why I would look good is that I'm not taking the limelight. I'm not doing it all. Yeah. Um, because so I, I have that skill set. Because you trained in that skill set, exactly. yeah? So this is what I'm talking about is that um, when people say, oh, you dropped out of, you dropped out of college to go do this like, random thing that like very few people get uh make a lot of make money doing um the really college is to me the same thing you're you're going to school to build a skill set that's what you're going to school for that's what education is is going to learn how to do something that you will then get a job doing that you will be trained in and then now applying to to work in that field in the hopes that it will pay off for you yes and and that's what you did mm-hmm. it just you just didn't get a degree showing like hey here's a piece of paper showing that i am competent in yeah, this skill exist. set yeah exactly I, mean, I could go to juilliard or some shit but that wasn't what i was trying to do either you know what i mean yeah and sometimes i think that's why the stigma exists it's like there's this little piece of paper that makes it official that you put it's not even official that you're competent in that skill set it's official that you put the time into going to learn that skill set yeah. that's all that piece of paper says is like you showed up yeah, and even even some of the, some even people that I know who have that certificate, my yeah. my sister, right? She's um a veterinarian. She'll tell you like, look, a lot of that was powering through tests and memorization shit. But when she actually got on the job is when she learned. So you know, mm-hmm. it's just one of those things where, I, and I totally can understand that because I didn't nothing I've ever done like where it comes to writing movies or anything I've done, you know. Um, did you really learn, learn it Fuck until no, you I'm actually doing it. did? Yeah, absolutely. Good Lord. You, can, and I, you write like so many mo- movies before you even sell one either, like two. So like, that's all. It's just one of those things where you, yeah, the, it's not like I, I was like, okay, I'm now ready to write a movie because yeah, I, I've learned so much. It's like, dude, no, you just got to keep doing it. There's, there's process. So it's one, it's like learning like from a book, you're studying it, you but you haven't done it yet, right? And then- you go do the thing that you trained to do that you feel like you can do, but now it's like to verify, can you really do it? And then once you do it, you like make mistakes doing it and you're like, oh shit, now I'm really learning to do the thing. Exactly. And then it's just repetition from there, improving, right? Yeah, and then even like, so let's let's talk about risk too, right? So like, you know, with crypto, I've ne- we'd never put in more than I think 20 something thousand dollars. Right. You know what I'm saying? And we did very, very, very well based just on a small amount of money for us right mm-hmm. so like like and that's it for like over years right so right. like <laughs> yeah the fact that you know we can sit here and say we have 
Like we did We've really well in crypto. We put less into crypto than we have in our IRAs right now. Exactly. Yes. So that's what people don't understand too is like maybe they'll laugh at the beginning of the show where I say I really manage risk, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, I've been laughed at too for saying that because it, it, it doesn't appear that way <laughs> no. with the lifestyle that we've made. Yeah. It, it doesn't appear that we're risk averse. Right. But that's why I, I wanted to do this episode because I thought that was so interesting to me because I feel like we're both pretty uh logical people when it comes down to making decisions yes careful i would say we're careful yeah and that doesn't mean i'm not going to make a risk mm -hmm. i will but risk management is the key right yes i know that if i if i fuck up it's not over for me i have all these other avenues i have other income streams all that stuff i'm taking a risk with this amount of money and that's my plan like the percentage Exa exactly yeah, that you're taking a risk with that's it you're not putting all your eggs in one basket and, no. and throwing it in the fire and, and i've never done that and yeah. i'll never do that and same. Yeah. Um, so I actually looked into this and uh, there was an article I came across that I'll try to put it in the description because I don't know if I have it saved. Did I have it saved? Oh, okay. It, I did have it saved. It was from Inc.com and it was called What Successful People Know About Taking Calculated Risks. And this was exactly the um, the vibe that I was the mindset that I was in when I was thinking about this topic. And um, they say it all comes down to fear. And fear is what causes you to overestimate risk because a lot of people will um, think about going outside of their comfort zone and they start feeling that fear, you know, like, oh shit, this is, uh, I've never done this before. Oh my God. And they start freaking out. And they think that that's a gut instinct that that's a, a wrong decision. Right. Like their gut is and like biologically it's, saving you from the unknown which could lead to your death you know so your survival depends on the known the secure the even if it's not better for you or logical it's an emotional decision but you think it's logical because we all like to think we're very logical creatures even though um unless you've really made a, a list a pros and cons list and analyzed it from a non-emotional perspective then you're making an emotional decision whether you know it or not 100 percent um, so there are many people in my life who are miserable in their day-to-day -day lives, uh, who I, I know have the potential to do what they really want to do, but they've convinced themselves that they're, they're doing what they're doing out of safety and security. Um, they think it's a gamble to get out of the comfort zone. Uh, and they think that their gut is telling them not to when it's just discomfort. So I wanted to dive into that, into the, what this article says. And it said that your level of fear usually has nothing to do with the actual level of risk you face. Take, for example, public speaking. It's often cited as the number one fear that most people have. But public speaking isn't actually risky. So there's some social risk. You might like people might judge your speaking. You might get embarrassed. Maybe you forget a line or whatever. But you're not actually risking your life. Even though your body is telling you, holy shit, we're going to die. Yeah. Like, if we mess up, we're going to yeah. die. <laughs> but, but, yeah, your body's wrong. You're, there's not actually a risk for the average person, um, you know, that uh, for the average person, people don't even think about uh, jumping into a car. You know, you, you'd go into a car, no problem. You don't even, you're not scared. You just go in there. However, car crashes kill people every single day. And uh, statistically, the odds of dying in a car accident over the course of your lifetime are one in 606. But there are zero chances that you'll die of stage fright. 
Dude, that's really bad. Yeah, one in six hundred six. Holy shit! Yeah, you're more likely to die in a car crash than you are an airplane crash than you are from. Well, that I knew, but I didn't know it was that bad. One in six hundred. Six hundred six. Yeah. That's bad. I know. Yo, we gotta do better out there with the cars. There. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that sample size is from. Are they taking you know from India or and all kinds of like really yeah, really he- high traffic congested places? Yeah, places? Yeah, yeah, maybe like look at your local market of car crashes. But but yeah, that's the that's the global odds of dying in a car crash. Good lord. Yeah, and but by the same token, the absence of fear causes you to underestimate risk. So you should have like a healthy amount. Well, now I'm scared shitless of the car. So thanks a lot. <laughs> that's why I never leave the house. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, see? Well, that's not why. I really just don't, don't like leaving Yeah, you don't places. like people that much. Well, I, I, I like people. I just don't like doing, like going. Like I don't crowds. like going. Okay. I don't like the process of putting on my shoes and actually leaving. I, I like being that. at the place. Yes. But the actual like transportation there, I don't like. You also don't like crowds. I don't like crowds, no. Yeah. But so that's what I was, I was getting kind of confused because I, I really do like going to play poker and I like the social aspect of it. You know, I, yeah. I like like shooting the shit with people. Like I, I thought I would like it because I don't have to talk to anybody, but I actually like to talk to people. That's true. Yeah. It just depends but on the But it's context. a smaller, it's more intimate. You like shooting the shit. I like shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah, you do. I like making people laugh. Yeah. On like a like a small stage. That makes sense. Yeah. That's cute. Um, uh, also, yeah, with poker, I mean, you manage risk really well in poker. Oh, yeah. That's another one. So poker is considered gambling. Gambling is like, well, Nikki, how can you say you manage risk if you're uh, gambling all the time? Um, but I actually studied the shit out of poker and the profitability of it and uh, learning certain strategies if you're playing game theory optimization, then how much are you profiting if you were making EV positive decisions? These are all... What's EV positive? Is expected value. If, do you have a positive expected value with each decision that you're making? Meaning that if I played the hand a thousand times, it would be profitable, even if I'm losing 30% of the time. Right. So you, that's your strategy, is you understand the... The, the, and the math behind yeah, it. Yeah, and the... And if you really study the math behind it, it's just a fun game. It's a strategic, really fun game, depending on who your opponents are. And it's very profitable if you can tell where your edge is. And if you're not using too much of your bankroll, which you were talking about earlier with crypto. You know, I don't go in there with $10,000 and then my first buy-in is $10,000. Like, no. I don't do that. No. Like, my first buy-in is maybe $200. You said your first big win, though, I got to say. like, my, like f- Not my first, but definitely my biggest win ever. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Your, yeah. Like, like, real big win where I'm like, oh. Because on my birthday, was it was pretty... That was my previous big win. That was your first time getting a, a, over a G, right? No. On oh, my birthday? Yeah, your birthday. No. It wasn't? No. My first time getting over G was actually online when I first started playing online. But my birthday, I uh, got pretty close to 2,000. There you I, go. It was at 1.9 thousand. And then uh, two days ago was- Wait, was it 9,000? No, no, no. 1.9 thousand. Oh, I okay. I was like, what the No, no. Fuck? I said pretty close to 2,000. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah um, that was on a $500 buy-in. So the, um, so yeah, I walked with- RY little 4X? Yeah, sure. Almost 5X? Um, Like a, almost 4X. Okay. Yeah. Because it was ni- one point, so 1,900. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. almost 4X. Nice. Um, yeah, and so two days ago, uh, my buy-in was 600, and I walked with 2,400, so that's 1,800. And then I went and played again at a different casino at a smaller stakes, and my buy-in was 200. I walked with 641. So my overall buy-in was 800 for the day, and my overall walking was over three grand. 
Amazing. Yeah. And you, you know, like you said, you bankrolled all this. So like when you decided to like, hey, poker's going to be a little side hobby of mine. Yeah. I'm going to, here's how much I'm going to spend. It will never be above this. And you've never had. I've never pulled out more money than the initial. Yeah. It's all been the same little cash thing that you Mm -hmm. have. Yeah. And I I also, uh, I keep track on a. It's called the bankroll tracker, um, and it it tells you all of your statistics. It tells you your win rate, win rate, your ROI, um, your winning session win rate. Your the way that you keep track of win rate in poker is your um, your BBs per hundred hands, which is how many big blinds you've won per hundred hands. So if I'm at a one two state game, the big blind is two dollars. So how many two dollars did I win? And then if I'm at a 2-5 game, then the big line's $5. How many $5 did I win? And it averages it all, and it tells you your win rate. And a good a good win rate is 10 big blinds per 100. Mine is currently at 13. Ooh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And so, um, so yeah, it's good to know all of that. To yes. me, it's not a risk when you know the actual numbers. Because when you're in, I was in a downswing. I just came out of a, a downswing. And it felt like I had never won. It felt like I was so much in the hole that I like, holy shit, I suck and there's no way I could possibly be profitable right now. But if I if I didn't have the bankroll tracker, I wouldn't have known that. I would have been like, I should quit. Yeah. But I looked at the bankroll tracker and it's like, nah, bitch, you're still up $3,000 overall. Since and, you started playing. Bogey. Yeah, since yeah. you started playing and that was only, or since I started keeping track in July. So that was only six months ago. So exactly. So yeah, like calm your nuts. Uh, you have a positive win rate, and it's it's pretty good. So this is just variance because it's hard to to tell if you're just based on your emotions. It's like, is this forever? Is am I bad? Am I is this never gonna go away? And but if you look at actual facts, just numbers alone, you know, and take the emotion out of it. Yes. Then you can make a rational decision. That was me in crypto bear market, dude. It was just like, hey, I know why I bought this. So yeah. Everyone's freaking out. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's panic selling. I know why I bought this. Never make a big decision out of emotion. Never. And check yourself because your brain will try to convince you that it's logical. But like really make a list, like do the things that are uh, that are actual uh, logic. So now I was saying that the absence of fear does cause you to underestimate risk. Some people have the opposite problem where they think they're not taking risks at all because they have no... Uh, they can't foresee a negative outcome. They're overly oh, wow. optimistic. They're delusional. Or they just feed off the adrenaline so much that they don't even care what the outcome They're is. They're there for the action. Yeah, exactly. I, I know the type. So when you have no fear at all, like when you're really excited about a new opportunity, there's a good chance that you'll underestimate risk. And additionally, you'll overestimate your abilities and your chances of success. You will get wrecked. And that's why people fall for get-rich-quick schemes. Yeah. Uh, the promise of a giant return on their investment deludes them into thinking that they're going to succeed because it doesn't feel scary. They assume it's not risky. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something to look out for, too. So I, I want to speak more to the people that are so risk-adverse that they're they're taking away an enriching life that they could be having. Yeah, they're missing opportunities. They're missing opportunities, yeah. But if you are one of those people that overestimates You're like, your, I'm an action junkie. Yeah, like, maybe you could calm down a little yeah, bit yeah, and yeah, also yeah. benefit from making a pros-cons list. Maybe benefit from therapy as well. True, true. Um, I also, so that was from the article, but I also wanted to add to this that um, 
Fear can come from a lack of understanding. I think you were talking about that with you were talking about the crypto projects. If you don't really understand the thing you're getting into, that of course all you have is your emotions. Mm-hmm. Is the like, oh, I can make a lot of money or like, oh, I could lose a lot of money. That's all you have. That's why I, I beg all my of. crypto corner people. I'm like, look, you can't buy something because Steve Green is buying something, right? Because I've done well. The only way that you're going to be able to defend your investment, knowing that you bought it, is if you know it inside and out, you're so versed in it that you can explain to anybody hating on it or anybody in your life who's like, yeah, I don't know about that. Actually, you should probably sell all that. There's so many people who just listen to their uncle or whatever, their friend who's like an engineer and he's like, this doesn't make any sense actually. And I'm an engineer. So like, like, oh shit, if he's an engineer, he probably knows everything about about how this crypto stuff works too. But that's just not how this shit works, right? So then, you know, people get wrecked because they listen to the quote unquote smart ones. And then, you know, Maybe two years later, they see it all blew up and then they tell their friend like, hey, it all blew up. And he's like, well, yeah, it'll just go down. Eventually, you'll see. Like these people just, you know, they double down on on being wrong instead of trying to open their minds to what they're missing. Yeah, I heard a quote that was like, once you decide that you know something, your brain closes to new information and and it's not open anymore to uh, being proven wrong. Imagine taking an entire like new part of our economy. And just just going, nah, I know what all that is, and it's a scam, or it's it's an energy drain, or what, or an environmental problem, or whatever. Yeah, just labeling, just writing something. it off. Nope, nope, I'm out. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's 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 not. Um, it's just the same as when like people go, oh, like women aren't funny. Just blanket like, dude, exactly. Women aren't funny because I saw three female comedians that I didn't like. Dude, and you know, having done improv for, for a long time. There's a lot of guys that aren't funny. Good lord, yeah. That's There's exactly what I was about to say. Just the talent pool is it's just how smaller it is. for women. Yeah. yeah. I mean it's the same in poker to be honest. Like because uh, there's a, a female has never won the World Series of Poker, for example. And so people are like, see, women can't play poker. And that's why they need these ladies' events because they can't play poker. But really there there just aren't as many women playing. So statistically the odds of a woman getting all the way to final table and winning the entire World Series of Poker is much smaller than a male going because the talent pool is much smaller. And not to simp for you because this is going to sound like it, but isn't it kind of weird? Isn't it kind of a whole other thing to not just, you're not just sitting there because when I'm sitting at the table, I'm not. I don't have to worry about a bunch of dudes who want to fuck on me, right? Oh, yeah. But like when you're sitting there, <laughs> like it can be annoying because it's like, you know, people are trying to, to like maybe make moves on you while they're making moves in the game and shit. Yeah. And it's just, that's got to get annoying or whatever. It fucks with them more than it fucks with me, to be well, honest. I know you, yeah, yes. Yeah, but I'm with talking me. about like with, with women, women in general yes. getting into poker. Oh, absolutely. Because be, I know there's there's like female all female gyms because that chicks do, just can't take it anymore. Yeah, I have to I have to go to the women's section of the gym because I don't like being sexualized when I'm trying to be in the zone. But, um, you know, it, women in poker that are successful in poker, they have had to create very thick skin. Same with comedy. W- women in comedy that are successful in comedy, they've had a, they've had a lot more... skin thickening to do than than the guys um however that being said because i started in comedy it's so easy it's so easy dealing with that in poker dealing with hecklers on stage oh yeah is so much harder you know in comparison to dealing with dumbass little poker players that want to try to make some jokes and they're not good at it there is um, something lame too because of the stereotype that women aren't funny. Yeah. So then when you get up on the stage, which you explained to me, I'm really just telling, saying what you've explained to me over the years, is that, you know, when you're on stage, you feel like you have to represent all women all of a sudden. Yeah, I do still kind of feel that way which sometimes. Is whack. It, it does suck when um, if I'm at a poker table and 
I lose a hand, but I played my odds correctly. So it was the correct decision to make, even though I lost. But then dudes that had yeah. already been trolling are like, oh, I can't believe girl. you called that. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, I feel like I'm... I need to win for all women sometimes, and it sucks. Yeah, like you shouldn't, it shouldn't feel that way. But um, but as far as the sexualizing goes, uh, I love when people try to make me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, because it never works, and Same. they always get so mad by the end of it. Oh, dude, your brother, your brother <laughs> did that to me like the first yeah, time. Yeah, I remember. We, yeah, we went to a restaurant. I was like, you know, eating with your family for the first time, really meeting everyone, like getting to know them for the first time. And I go to the bathroom, and I, you know I'm the fucking America's troll. Then I'm like, it's like 2013. I start going to the bathroom at the, at the urinal, and then your brother comes up next to me. He's like, "Yeah, you're gonna be nervous. You have to go to the bathroom next to next to uh, Nikki's brother, huh?" And I'm like, "I'm like, uh, no, I don't give a shit." And then um, I kept on t I kept on talking to him, and then he actually couldn't pee. <laughs> <laughs> I love Which that. Was the best. Yeah, the other night I sat down at a two five table at Aria, and immediately I was wearing a Packers sweatshirt, and this guy goes, "You Packers fan, get out of here!" And I was like, "I'm like, what? What are you?" And he's like, "I'm Vikings fan." And so then we started talking, and then uh, he was like, uh, "Man, that's." I went to go get some more chips, and he was like, "Man, that's the kind of girl you, you want to marry." Like a uh, Packers fan, a uh, football fan, and then she's like she's playing poker. Like this kind of girl <laughs> I want to marry. And then uh, I sat down, and my very first hand that I engaged with because I wasn't, I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't played a hand yet. Was uh, I had pocket jacks, and um, he open raised, and I three bet him, and then he four bet, and I called, and we went to the board, and it was um, Ace Jack something, like Ace Jack five or something like that. He had ace king. I had jacks. He open. He ra raises. He c bets, and uh, I raised him on his c bet all in because I at that point, if I were to call his bet, I would have less than half of my stack left. Quick, so I just, c bet means you. Can oh, continuation see the, bet. Oh, continuation. Yeah, bet. yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just a standard. Got like, it. I'm like was, learning. So anyway, I shove all in. So that's the very first hand I was in, and immediately I'm all in. But I have a set of jacks. And he has ace king, and it's basically just a bin raise for him to call. But he's like, "What the hell's a bin raise?" Oh, it's just like I just doubled his bet because that was all that was left okay. in my stack. Okay. Um. So then he, but he doesn't. He didn't call, and he shows everybody that he folded ace king. And I was like, "That's weird that he didn't call because he didn't play his odds." But also that was the correct call because I had him. I had, you had a beat. the nuts, as they say. And then he was. He didn't like me the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> not the girl you want to marry. Not the kind of girl you want to marry. And I was like, and I told him, I was like, am I not the girl you want to marry anymore? <laughs> You're a deceiver. He said I was bullying him. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing. And I think he meant it. Well, he's a Vikings fan. So, you know, it's been a rough, yeah. it's been a brutal life. Yeah, I, f I do feel bad about yeah. that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're going to go on a break. But when we come back, I do want to break down how do you assess risk with logic? What are some like helpful tips to how you can take a situation that may, you might be on the fence about that might make you feel uncomfortable, but you kind of like really, you kind of want to try it. Uh, is it the right move to make at this time in your life? Would it be a, a really risky thing or is it not actually that risky? And your emotions are just fucking with you. Ooh, all right, we'll be right back. All right, that's juicy, right? Go go download Best Fiends and start playing it. All right, thanks. All right, thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, 
that would be really awesome for us. Listen, like, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're, like, kind of desperate. We're giving shout-outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So, huge shout-out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout-out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Huge. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> Hello, we are back. And I know I left you with a pretty juicy cliffhanger on like how to assess risk properly or how we do it. I'm very curious to hear your insight as well because um, I don't know if we do the same things. Really, I imagine that we do. But uh, maybe, maybe we don't. Let's hear it. Uh, okay, so... Make a pros and cons list. I've probably said this several times during the episode already, but a pros and cons list is so, it's so easy to see visually. You know, whether it's like, sometimes it'll just be right away. You're like, holy shit, there's a huge list of pros and just like two cons. Easy, no brainer. But I was just, our my mind was exaggerating the cons so much mm. that I thought that it was a really risky thing. Or sometimes it could be like, Okay, there's a long list of pros and a short list of cons, but the cons are really, really, really big and the pros are like really small. Like they're like small benefits that I'm getting for this really, really big sacrifice. So, um, but at least seeing them in a list, you can you can visually compare the two and you're not forgetting anything. There's not something that you're overlooking. Because that's the other thing too, is like when you're making a decision, you wanna make sure you have all of the information present to look at rather than like just looking at pieces at a time. Otherwise, there might be something that you're totally overlooking. That makes sense. Yeah, I think what I do personally, it's interesting. I was actually just, you know, Anthony Lee was staying here with with, um, his fiance. Mm -hmm. And they were, her name is Nina, and we were all, um, at lunch, you went to play poker. Shocker! We, yeah, and we were at, we were at lunch together, us three, and me and Anthony are kind of like talking to her about crypto stuff because she doesn't quite get all of it, and she's just learning through him, and he's learning through me, and so it's one of those things, right? But um, she was asking him, she was like, or she was asking me, she was like, you know, she's like, Steve, you know, who's your crypto sensei? Because Anthony calls you crypto sensei, but who's your crypto sensei? And I was like, that is a really good question. Yeah, because. When I came up in the space, like there really wasn't, you know, now there's like this um, YouTubers all talking about crypto stuff, like all that vertical of like social media people talking about crypto stuff. And, you know, when I, when I was buying Bitcoin in 2013, like that, none of that existed. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it's just, it, it's really just I, when I was coming up in the space, going to Reddit, like learning from there where other people are just sharing their stuff. And then eventually, because um, me and a group of guys all went into this coin called OMG together. We all kind of got wrecked together. Mm -hmm. Um, We had like such a brotherhood that I would say that that is like my, almost my crypto sensei group. Like it's like, yeah, we really learn from each other. Like there's not like one person in the group that everyone's just like learning from. It's everybody is interested in different parts of the space and we all kind of you know, communicate Unite. the ideas. Yeah. In and business, that's called a mastermind group. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And see, I didn't even know that. It's yeah. just one of those things that just like, like a lot of things in crypto, the more that I've learned about the space, the more that I understand that it mirrors a lot of successful um, 
you know, stock strategies and business strategies. Just because I've been paying attention to this to this space, I think it applies to this space. But then I, the more I find out about about like what you got into with options trading and stuff, I realize how much if it Crossover. is mirrored all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's really great that you got into that naturally. Yes, because a I'm mastermind lucky. I'm group lucky. is is really cool. Um, if you are interested in one thing, like if you're like, let's say you make toy planes and like model planes and you're just really fucking into it like you're like man i wish this was all i did for a living like i wish that i could leave my job because this is so much more fulfilling for me but i just don't know if i can make it work and then you meet up with other people that have made it work and then other people like you that are trying to make it work but that haven't quite done it yet and you all share tips and things it makes you way more confident and also uh, realistic about yes, realistic about how feasible it would be to leave your job to go make model planes. What were the setbacks that they the people that made it? What what setbacks did they have that you should look out for? You can learn from each other, and that goes for any really any business. I was just at a poker meetup game again, shocker, um, but it was for a poker vlogger that I watch all the time, um, and it was hosted by two poker vloggers, and the other one I hadn't. I hadn't watched any of his videos yet, but I, I'm very new to the poker community, especially in the YouTube world. Not for long. Um, the, the YouTube poker world has really only been around for like three years. So um, afterwards, they were like having drinks with people, and there was a very small amount of people going to have drinks, which I, I thought was odd because why wouldn't you take advantage of that? Like to be able to ask them questions and and see like what you know what what's insight they could give you and um and so there's only like five of us having drinks afterwards really and i'm asking him all kinds of questions because not only am i on youtube but now like I'm, I'm getting into poker and and i was like hey like how did this happen and he was like well i was a poker player first and then we started a youtube channel i was like yeah that's how old school youtube used to be yeah. everyone was like an actor or a musician or whatever and then we we're just doing youtube and now people are actually being like youtubers yep. as a as a as the only thing kids growing up are like i want to be a tuber yeah it's amazing and so he, one of the guys was like oh yeah i um there's a forum that we're all part of everyone except for me was part of that forum and uh, the guy, the his name's Johnny Vibes. Shout out to Johnny Vibes. He's uh, he's the poker vlogger that was like talking with all of us. His name's Johnny Vibes. Yeah, one of the coolest names I've ever heard about. I know. <laughs> kidding me? Go check him out. He's actually really chill, really down to earth. He made, he gave me a hoodie, oh, so I got some swag too. That's right. Um, but yeah, they were all part of this forum, and they had come together through that, and then they go to meetups together, and they see each other. But they, the guy was like, "Yeah, I basically learned poker from this forum because everybody." Like I knew how to play poker, but everybody exchanging so much information at a time and, you know, certain spots, like sharing certain hands, like what would you do in this hand? What would you do in this spot? And then like getting the the right knowledge so the next time you're in that spot, you know what to do. Yeah. Um, he's like, I learned everything from that form. I got so much better. I became so much more profitable. And now he's getting backed by um, investors to like go play poker for a living like he no got kidding. to quit his job and he just moved to Vegas um, and he's just yeah a guy that liked poker got really involved in a forum where he's exchanging information with people that have left their jobs to play poker and now he's doing it he's doing the thing and he I think did a proper risk assessment of making her making sure his skills were at the place they needed to be and talking to people that had done it before him and then he made the leap and it's it's paying off for him right now. Um, I also added to this list, though, uh, to think of the worst possible thing that could happen, too, because I don't want you to overlook that part. If you were going to make a big decision, 
what is the worst possible mm-hmm. thing you think that could happen? I lose from twenty it? something thousand. And could you stomach that? Exactly. Could you overcome that? Could you uh, get through it without being absolutely devastated? How long would it set you back? You know, all of these questions are the things I would ask myself about the worst case scenario before jumping in. Yeah, exactly. How likely is that worst case scenario to happen? And how well can I manage my risk? So like, you know, I put in 20 something on thousand dollars into crypto, right? But we pulled that in 2018 before everything went like really down, right? Yeah. So like I So was everything else was just profit. All profits. And that's the kind of the, I, I tell this to people all the time, like, you know, because a lot of people in Crypto Corner have experienced like 5Xs and like stuff above that where they're like, this is crazy or like even like 10Xs or whatever, right? But that's great. And that's great. But you have to really, once you do that, like once you've gotten like a 10X, like or even if I tell people who have 5X, mm-hmm. like you really should pull your principal because then you're good. Yeah. You don't have to worry about anything. You're yeah, like just, just writing profits. It's icing after that. That's it. Yeah. And, um, you know, so yeah, just to try to manage risk, right? Because otherwise- you're exposing yourself heavily if mm-hmm. if you miss something. Right. And you might miss something. This is this is a volatile market, right? So yeah, I mean, especially when you're winning. Yeah. Like as hard as a lot of our people have won, just pull your principal and you'll feel really good. Yeah, you can get really um complacent and not realize it when you're winning. Yeah. And and then it causes you to be a little too loose. And not yeah. as uh, not as sticking to your system. We'll talk about emotions, right? Like yeah. When you, you know, some people were buying into Luna at like five bucks, for example, right? Now it just recently went to $100. So you're talking you about- 20X'd. 20X'd. You're constantly in a state of euphoria. You're fucking running around in your house. You can't believe all the money that you've made, right? But it's not secured unless you- make a move to secure it, right? So at least pulling your your principal, I mean, freaking fucking hey, you're taking profits too, like makes hella sense as well. On a, on a rip like that, like I think the emotional aspect of it keeps people from securing their assets. Yeah. And that's what I wish all more people did because, you know, there is a lot of memes involved with crypto and there's a lot of up only attitudes, right? And like, I can only make it, I will only win, but you know, and that's all fun in the moment, but you not acting on your gains is a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. You will absolutely get wrecked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wish, I, you know, and every time I say this to Crypto Corner, they all laugh at me because <laughs> they're just so excited about the gains. But I'm like, no, really, you need to be yeah. taking profits and pulling out your principal. 100%. And, or if you don't, you're going to get a very expensive education that's on exactly it. why not to that's exactly yeah. it. Yeah. And I don't want you to have to pay for that education as highly as I had to pay for that yeah. education, right? And, and you know, did I pay with real world dollars? No, because I pulled my, my profits, right? But could I have had even more ammunition to scoop the bear market had I cashed out on, like, my last insane gain rip? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I learned from it, right? And, and frankly, I am so glad that that happened to me because I learned so much and I have so much more awareness about myself and myself in this market and how the market like is yeah. than I ever would have had without it. Well, and it's like you said, you didn't have a sensei back then. You know, now no. the senseis are formed because they went through the, they were the trailblazers. They went through the hard knocks. They learned yep. the hard way. And now they're like telling the, the new people like, yo, avoid this, 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 and this. I'm telling you. 
I mean, and that's shit they don't tell you that's too. Exactly like, right. I just like, I, I feel like that's why we wanted to start this podcast in the first place was like, man, why don't they fucking tell you this? I wish I had a, a mentor, a life mentor that could have taught me some of this before I had to learn it the hard way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so ideally, and this is just, I think, general good investing advice for, for any risk that you're going to take or any, like, especially a big risk, a quote unquote big risk, um, is ideally when you take a risk, uh, take one that you stand to gain a lot in if you win. And if you lose, you don't lose much. Love that. Yeah. I, that was, uh, I read a book called The Dundo Inf- Investor. Dundo mm. Investor. And uh, he's a he's a big value investor. And, and that's his motto is like, um, if you win, if I win, I win big. And if I lose, I don't lose much. Love that. Yeah. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> so I would like to give you back to the Vegas example where people were like, wow, that's a huge trigger to pull. Like that was a huge jump. Um, let me just go through some of the pros that I listed before before we made the decision. We listed out pros and cons. Um, one. We would save a minimum uh, a minimum of ten thousand dollars a year on state income tax, a minimum of five thousand dollars a year on property taxes, a little bit on sales taxes, and a lot on capital gains taxes. Should we need to cash out on crypto? Vegas is close to California. There's many direct flights, which makes visiting family easy. Also, we have a lot of friends in Vegas, so our social circle would still be there. And our friends that have lived here for three years said that they love it. And they also moved from California. Because, you know, it's kind of scary. Like, hey, is it that different from California? And there are some differences. But overall, everyone who's moved that in our circle has loved it. And these people are not people that are just like, we love it. These people yeah. have spreadsheets about why they love <laughs> these it. Are, talk about risk assessors. Holy shit. They have whole spreadsheets and analytics on every single decision they They've, make they rate the restaurants they have a brunch spreadsheet list not just restaurants but it's in categories yes. like brunch restaurants dinner restaurants cocktail places <laughs> and then they'll tell you the pros and cons about each place so you can make a very informed decision ambiance on where you want to eat drinks price service they have categories quickness so they don't just go places. They go home and they update their they spreadsheet. They analyze each thing that so, they do. Yeah, we had a pretty good lead on whether we'd like Vegas or not because yeah. these people were constant and, <laughs> and they were constantly updating us about it. And we're like, okay, if we move in our social circles there, what if they move again right away? And they're like, no, no, we're staying. Yeah, we're not going this anywhere. Is, we're at our forever place. We love it here. Yep. So like, okay, that's pretty good. Um, uh, another thing on the pros list is that we could get a much bigger house with rooms to shoot our podcast in, which is now shooting at home and has been shooting at our home for the past year and a half now. It was like mid-2020. Yeah, mid-2020. So like a year and a half now, yeah. we were like, man, it's it's getting hard being crammed into our dining room or oh, like our little office and upstairs. having to set it up and break it down every time was the biggest pain in the ass. Yeah. We just leave this room like up and going. We can just turn it all on. So we felt like, our home life would be better. Our work life would be better. Our social life would be better. The majority of the work that we do right now is remote. And we also don't have children to think about. So it doesn't really matter what the school district is like. People are like, what about the school district? I don't have a child. So yeah. I don't care. What do you think of that? Shit? I don't care. Why are you asking me that? Exactly. That's your problem. If you have a child, maybe think about that. Put it on your cons list. <laughs> Put it on like maybe you shouldn't move to Vegas list. Yeah. Um, Guess what? Vegas allows kitties, so we're good. Yeah, we have four kitties, and they love it here. They love it. They actually love it. You know what's funny? I don't have to be too much of a cat dad right now. <laughs> but all of them are like so much 
like happier. Happier. You, you could tell. It's weird. It's like you can tell their moods. God, what are happened happy. to me? I don't know. When I first started dating Steve, he was like, I hate when pet owners think that they like know their pet's mood. Like they just like, oh, like you know that he's hungry right now. Oh, you know that he wants to go on a walk. Oh, okay. Like you don't know your animal. I was like, I think I know my cat actually. Don't look at me. And we argued about it. And now he's like, Franklin wants to be held and he wants to walk around. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Franklin wants to inspect what's on the top shelf. It's like, true. How, how do you know that, Steve? Dude, it's, he's the cutest. Yeah. He's I like put him on my shoulders and I open cabinets and I walk him around. He smells. He loves things. it. He loves it. Uh, adding to this pros list, we love Vegas. We love the restaurants. There's so much good food here. There's basically nothing that LA has that you can't find in Vegas as well. Well, dude, um, I, and I love sports, right? Yeah. So, so, well, football, right? And like I'm telling you, if I want, like I saw Nikki, I was like, hey, we're going to Red Rock be- this weekend because I want to watch playoff football with like every all the. You DGens. know what we really should watch? Oh, go to, to watch sports is Circa. They have I've like heard they're that. known for like they're like huge. I heard it's a huge. triple story screen. I heard that to buy a ticket to watch the Super Bowl in Circa, like not even at the Super Bowl, is like thousands and thousands That's of dollars. So stupid to watch it in Circa. I love how unnecessary that is. It's so funny, but it's just like you're there. But yeah, no, I could go to Red Rock right and watch on like the biggest fucking. You know, they have the yeah. sports betting screens. I don't even sports bet, but that. And then you sit, and then my favorite thing is I get to sit there with all the locals who yeah. all they're like. Hey, you got the over on this one? I'm like, bro, I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I've I've learned through them that 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 means like the point spread or whatever. Yeah. But I barely even understand any of that shit. I would love to learn a little bit about it, just like for fun. Yeah, I know that pretty much anything except for poker in the casino is just straight gambling. Yeah, I don't I don't touch sports betting, but I do have a bucket list thing where I want to bet like a couple grand on a Super Bowl one yeah. one year. Yeah, that'd be fun. Because it would just be the fucking game of your life. If it was like, again, if a tiny, teeny portion of a bankroll, like yeah, your fun nothing. money, exactly. play money. Exactly. Um, I'm talking like $500,000 or something like that. Something small. Something really small. Like <laughs> a, yeah, just half a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, what I really like about Vegas, and I wasn't sure if this was going to be the case, but it definitely is, is that it's so like calm and peaceful in the neighborhood like so when you go home you're at peace there's like it's nice no noise no noise uh, way less noise Our in old la place the oh, noise so was noisy. wild and we were in a quiet corner yeah. oh my god but la just has a constant noise in the air there's like a noise pollution that just doesn't go away and there's a regular pollution there's an air pollution the air quality never is going away. terrible in la um but yeah but then if you want to do anything big city feel it's right there mm-hmm. like it's 15 minutes dr- driving you're there on the strip and you can do anything that's big city nightlife but then you don't have to live in a big city it's so cool yeah um i honestly think we should stop talking about it so much be only oh, yeah, because, i don't want to sell people yeah, on i don't want hard. everyone moving here dude there's like actually a lot more on this pros list but uh th- the one of the things on the cons list was like oh it's not near the beach but the neighborhood we got has a beach lagoon it has a man-made <laughs> beach <laughs> which is better so i'm like all right. No How, seaweed bullshit. I really didn't go to the beach that often when I was in L.A. Uh, I did in Santa Barbara because we were you live on the beach. But yeah. um, in L.A. for the past 15 years, I've probably gone like two or three times a year max and how many times have i talked to you about how i think artificial things are better than anything else you love artificial things love it he actually says he likes fake shit is what i like all the fake shit but i'm telling you artificial the fact that they have artificial beaches where there's no bullshit that you have to deal with with all the sea seaweed and all that kind of shit it's awesome you get stung by a a 
man of war. Yeah, I got a little crab out there. I got Maybe. stung by a Portuguese man of war when I was yes, eight. Yes, he fucked up. No so jellyfish or nothing. That. Yeah. You have to like Just worry about sand crabs. Yeah, there's tons of ducks and it's so cute. We actually have a lot of flora and fauna in our neighborhood. There's bunnies hopping around. Yeah, we heard, well, me and Nikki were both sitting in our kitchen and we looked, uh, we heard, we heard honking. ducks honking and yeah. then all of a sudden we look up and they fly right Those over our house. Those are Canadian geese. I looked them up. Really? So we have Chinese geese and we have Canadian geese, but the ones that flew over us were, were Canadian geese. Huh. Yeah. And they, yeah, they'll honk. It's like, we used to have dogs barking in our neighborhood. Now we have geese honking. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, um, but uh, one of the, oh yeah, so I was saying how the, um, one of the cons was, so on my cons list, the weather, I heard it gets really hot in the summer, and it does. We actually came to Vegas during a heat wave last year, because I wanted to see, like, how hot does an emergency heat wave feel? Because if we could, if it's, if it's bearable, like, like, where you're mostly inside anyway, like, you're mostly going to, you're not going to be outside during it. No. And- in the valley at the time, it was over a hundred degrees yeah, where we were living. It. We're valley natives, So, like, bro. if we're gonna be stuck inside anyway during a heat wave, if it's over a hundred degrees, just let's assume we're gonna be inside. How bad is it? Like, how much do you have to like walk outside during a heat wave? And it was fine. It was like, totally fine. It was we walked, normal. We had to walk from our hotel room to the casino because we stayed at Vidara and we were going to the Ario Casino, and it like. It was hot, sure, yeah. but it was a dry hot, so you're not like sweating buckets like in Bali where you're like it's humid Ooh, yeah. and hot, like you're where you can't breathe. And you got mosquito bites all over you. Yeah, exactly. There's no mosquitoes mosquitoes here. Mosquitoes are all dead here. It's fucking beautiful. They hate it here. I love it. Mosquitoes are like it's too hot. I can't believe you're moving to Vegas. It's too hot. I didn't even know there were places on Earth that didn't have mosquitoes. Yeah, it's the greatest. Well, thing. don't jinx it. Yeah, I'm sorry. When I first mo- when we first moved to the valley, there were no mosquitoes, and then all of a sudden there were mosquitoes. That's true. There's a lot of mosquitoes. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, on the cons list, it was like family now is in another state, but it's like a forty-five minute flight. Whatever. Whatever. Might have to commute to work uh, once a month for me, twice a month for Steve, because Big Moose still shoots in LA and JK still shoots in LA for Steve. Yep. Um, which is yeah, it's kind of a bitch, but JK is paying for travel, mm-hmm. so it's like that doesn't even okay once a month. Like yeah, it's oh. not bad. All right. I mean, I'm not going to be able to do all the shoots for JK now, just because it doesn't make any sense to do that, especially because. Like we do block shooting, yeah. So like they'll sh- they'll shoot like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, say like for like to get like one good chunk of the month done, and then we'll do another pickup like two weeks later where we'll shoot like two days. But like that's just not enough time for me to be there to really like you know I don't want to travel multiple times a month. Yeah. For me, I just want to go once a month, shoot as many as we can. Yeah. And then get out of there. Yeah, and then Big Mood ended up. Um, this was before we moved. We just took the leap. We're like, okay, that's just, we're just kind of accept that's one of the cons. But after we moved, our new schedule for Big Mood is they're coming to shoot a, a block in Vegas. So See, that's tight. it's like, okay, I'll have to go back for February where we're shooting eight episodes and then not again until May. We're not shooting again until May where they're coming here to shoot. And then we're not shooting until August. It's beautiful. So that yeah, con Ve- is like not even there. And yeah, um, the boys just came to Vegas. We did like a Vegas shoot. And that was really fun, and everyone liked that. So we might be doing that more too. So like, yeah, you know, it's just things like that can happen that were un- unexpected. It wasn't even it, on my pros and cons list. I never even that, thought it would happen. I didn't think so either. I never thought JK would leave that office. Yeah, for example. So yeah, it was it was really cool and it was really fun. So that's the best part too is I love doing that show. So it's 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 a no brainer to to keep doing it. It's just yeah. about doing same it. with Big Mood. Yeah, yeah. making it make sense. And and so then when I'm 
telling you to follow this list, you make the pros and cons list. And then also thinking about what is the absolute worst case scenario that you can think of that could happen. And for me, it was like, okay, let's just say we just hate it. Like we moved, we sold our condo, we bought a house here and we hate it. And if we sell our house, it's we're going to lose a bunch of money or whatever. Um, so what do we do? Like, is that an unbearable situation? No, because if we hate it, we'll just move back. Sure. We just move back. Oh, you can't sell your house. Okay. We'll move back and rent our house out. Yeah. Like that, yeah, it, it was bad. really a simple it's solution. Bad. It's like, okay, you have all this to gain. And when you see it on paper, you're like, okay, wow, that really made the decision easy for yes. us. Like you gain so much if you win. And there's a high chance of you to win because all of these are pretty doable. And you lose very little if you lose. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, we've been here. F it's still early. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so like, you know, I'll be, I'm open to the fact that maybe. That maybe we won't I like won't it. Love like it in a year the summer. Like, Who knows? We yeah. moved in the winter. We might well, hate it in the summer. But I got to tell you so far, it's a dream. S same. I'm it's almost scared to say it out loud. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is everything I expected, but better. It's wild. Like better than I expected. Well, even just the just the fact that we have more room in our house and like when I'm taking my trash out, I'm like, wow, I got to walk around a lot of house. But, <laughs> but the fact that I can it's do spread that, out. it's spread out. Yeah. And like we don't share any walls. Oh, for the first time ever, uh, ever in our adult life, we don't share walls with anybody. Yeah. It's, I've, it's, we've only ever lived in apartments and condos. It's just been great. It's 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 been surprisingly good for my mental yes. state of being. That was the other thing. Yeah. Uh, like all these unexpected pros happened after we moved because um, I didn't even consider that like moving to a neighborhood like this where you're so close to water, like we're by the lakes. I wanted to be by water, but I didn't realize how much it affected affected my mental state positively where I go on walks every morning to the lake and then I meditate at the lake and it's a dream like I open my eyes and there's just like a beautiful lake and then I come back home and it doesn't I it doesn't really matter how stressful my day is because that was just so it's just so calming to balance it out exactly yeah I, yeah. I, I didn't really consider that at all no and every time that we go anywhere I'm always like wait we have this in our neighborhood like you know what I mean? Like yeah. Cause, cause Every time so we go to a stuff. restaurant, I'm like, holy shit, this food is phenomenal. Exactly. It's this just, is here? I know we're really rubbing it in, guys, but we just, we no, just really dig it's, it. It's, it's, I don't feel like we're rubbing it in because before it was a risk. It was like, a, like, okay, here's everything I think can happen and I hope can happen. And here's like the cons that might happen that I kind of, you know, would be scared about. But I really just didn't, you don't know until you get there. Like we were talking about um, studying versus doing, you know, I could study all of all the best things about something, but until you go there and do it, you, you don't know if it's true. Very true. And, um, and so, yeah, it just, it, it has been working out and I really like that. And ultimately, you know, you could do all the logic stuff, which I highly recommend and make your decisions there, but emotionally it felt like the right thing to do. Like hundred percent. I also, feeling. you know, truly don't like leaving our house now, which is, yeah. I didn't experience that before. I actually used to leave our house quite a bit um, before. Not that I had anything wrong with it, but yeah. LA in general, I think was just stressing me out. Like everything about LA yeah. was just stressing me out. You know, both of us, kind of take on other people's energies quite easily like i know it's not like this for a lot of people but if like let's say uh, a friend comes over and their dog just died and they're really sad 
I feel like my dog just died and I don't even have a dog, but I will, they'll leave and I'll just start crying. Yeah. Like, because I just absorb people's emotions and energies. And in LA at the time, because it's so dense and people are like on top of each other and um, there's, you know, we're in apartments. And so you, there's a lot of people around and it's the pandemic. So people are scared. People are losing their jobs. People yeah. are stressed. Um, there's all kinds of stuff going on. I'm just, I felt like I was just absorbing everything. Especially the last two years. It was really, it was really bad. And then now being here, I'm like, whoa, I feel like I could breathe. I've been sleeping a lot. And I think it's just my body catching up on, on all like this rest from just crazy built up stress. Same. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been interesting. A couple other things I just wanted to go through because I think this is really helpful too. And I, if we're going to do this episode, I just want you to have this in mind too, but the mindset before you make a decision, like understanding what's involved before you make the jump and then creating a game plan that might change as you adjust to new information. But just having that game plan there, I think helps you be more confident in the this new direction. Like, okay, if I go this way, here's my plan and, and then and just put one foot in front of the other and see what happens. And if, you know, something stands in the way, let's say, you know, you're driving somewhere and a deer crosses your path, you're not going to be able to continue driving through the deer. You got to go around it. You know, you're not just going to keep like sticking to the plan, even if something happens. Right. But having the initial plan is is really good to get started. Um, and th imagining, this really helps me, is imagining like, okay, let's say I make this jump. What does my day-to-day -day really look like? It's easy to glamorize things, but like truly like, let's say I wake up and I'm in Vegas and now I'm there. Like, what does my day look like? Do I like it? Because sometimes you can get caught up in the in the good things and you don't really think about like what it actually entails. I think some of the people in the comments were worried about that when I yeah. first said that because they were from Vegas and they're like, you don't get it because you're just thinking about it from a tourist perspective and you're looking at it with rose colored glasses. Um, and so I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Like, what would it be like if I lived there day to day? And we actually spent a week living at our friend's house, yeah. like to see what the daily life was like. I also think that people maybe don't necessarily know us in so far as they don't know that Nikki and I are the ultimate tourists. <laughs> <laughs> when people talk about like, hey, you don't want to go there because it's like, it's mostly touristy. We're, me and Nikki are like, oh, we that's exactly where uh, we, we want to fucking we, we go, like actually. Being tourists. We love being tourists. We also like, like, I liked the idea of on date night, like being different characters every time. Because there's so many different types of people that visit Vegas. So we loved, like when we first started dating, we would do bits in malls where like, We'd be like a Jersey couple fighting about something yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Steve would follow me around being like, baby, 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 no, baby, 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 And I'd be like, don't even talk to I me. I can explain. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of it. She's my sister. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So we're like, what if we like, you know, had bachelorette parties or whatever? Or like, what if I was in a my, what if I was in my yeah, wedding, wedding dress, dress and yeah. I was hiding in the poker room and being like, <laughs> don't, don't tell him I'm here. <laughs> Just seems fun yeah. for us. We like that kind of shit. Um, we well, never yeah. see the same person twice, so it makes it really easy. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, realistically evaluating the discipline involved, the time that you're going to be spending, the money you're spending, is this something you can really see yourself committing to and just knowing that. And then lastly, asking others, and I would say be very careful with this one. I rarely do it, but if I do, it has to be someone that I really trust. And it's only when I'm really torn on the decision um, would I ask somebody what their opinion is on it? 
before I make the decision. Oh, sure. And it has to be someone like Steve said, you know, don't just blanket someone. Oh, this guy's smart. He's an engineer. So I'll ask him about crypto. No, someone in that field, like, or someone that knows what they're talking about in that particular topic. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, you know, my this, my uncle's a doctor and he's really smart, but he's a divorce. He's a divorcee. So I'll ask him about re my relationship. Exactly. You know, look at the person's category that they're giving advice on. Um, and then also, uh, I think it's good to get a second opinion. Like if you're, uh, really excited about something, maybe someone can point out some, some cons that you're overlooking, or if you're really afraid to make a move, maybe they can point out some of the more positives. You know, we didn't, we almost didn't make an offer on this house cause I was like getting too scared. And I feel like I was sabotaging. You were overthinking it. I was overthinking it. And Jess Caldwell of Big Mood like really helped me like she was like well think of this 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 and this like you'd have this podcast room because i was like oh my gosh on half of the house the ceilings are so small in the rooms and like that was actually like one of my cons. i know they're not i know yeah <laughs> i mean in my head i was just like looking at every little detail and be like no that's why we can't have that one i see and uh i think she did a good job at like being like mm, you're kind of crazy right now like yeah. hey, let's look at this logically that makes sense. Well, I, I could I didn't even see the house yet, so like yeah, I was just well, she hadn't seen it. it either. But she was just basing off of what I said my fears were. She was like, "That is completely emotional and yeah. not logical at all." And I was like, "Oh, she's right." So then I made the offer on the house. Nice. Um, or if you don't want to talk to anyone about it because maybe you're scared of being made fun of, like like let's say like if I was 20 again and I was like, I want to go be a stand-up comedian. Um, I don't really want to tell anybody because that sounds ridiculous um watch videos of people that have done it like read biographies of people that have done it you know people that you can get really valuable insight from them um without ever having to talk to them um what else you can also ask yourself ask yourself what advice would i give to a friend if they were asking me that one is kind of insightful sure to really get to the bottom of it like am i making this decision based off of me and my excitement would I tell my friend to do this? Right. Yeah. And that's it. That's all I got on that. Love it. Yeah. That's makes sense to me. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, go out there and then and look at things. The thing I'd like you I'm giving you homework because I am an Asian mom. And I am telling you to look at the last decision, or maybe you're on the fence about something right now. Um, but look at the last major decision you made and think about if you did it out of emotion or if it was actually an, a logical choice. And maybe there's something that's been weighing on you that like it's like nagging you in the back of your mind. Like, I wonder what would have happened if like those what ifs are going to kill you. Like really, like I urge you to do this exercise and maybe try something that you wouldn't have normally tried. I love that. I don't know. Yeah. Don't. And like Nikki's saying, like doing it out of emotion is maybe something you have to go through so you can learn. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it adds then to you your logical remember that you decisions in the that, future. Yeah, and then you're that you fucked up doing that. But in general, if you can avoid it, that would be great. But I don't think I think everyone's gotta learn that lesson. Yeah. At least once. I think we have done an episode on failure and why it's good for you. Yeah, exactly. But um anyway, uh thanks for listening. Subscribe. 
if you want to you know catch us in future episodes you know that would be cool that'd be kind of nice if you like the episode share it with a friend that helps the show a lot also check out our patreon patreon.com slash sticky s-t-i-k-k-i steve does a crypto corner every week uh, no matter what tier you're at it's a, like a three-hour live stream he answers everybody's questions we also do a live stream once a month that's just us and we play games and we make a drink it's fun uh there's extra episodes of shit they don't tell you culture they don't tell you after dark um we do a lot of fun stuff there's a discord community talk about a forum the best if you want to catch up with any there's different forums there's like a crafty forum there's a diy there's um gaming there's crypto obviously and then there's a general so if you want to make friends and and socialize with people. It's the best group there is, man. There, it really great. is. And I'm not just saying that. No. Because they're our group. But they are like just genuinely some of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yeah. Great vibes. So, yeah. There's that. And we love you guys. Okay, and bye, I hope bye. you're having fun out there. Happy uh, 2022. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. bye.